Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERA Arlington 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. The five-member Arlington County Board is Arlington's governing body and vested with its legislative powers. With assistance from the Arlington Commission on Aging and other community groups, County board members assess the needs of older Arlington County residents and identify solutions for these issues. My guest today is Matt DeFerrante, an attorney and member of the Arlington County Board. He will talk about the aging population in Arlington and what he understands to be their greatest needs. He'll also discuss housing for older adults in Arlington and the impact the county's missing middle housing study would have on this population. So welcome, Matt, and thank you for joining me today. Hello, Cheryl. It's good to be with you. I'm happy to be here and to have this conversation. All right. So, Matt, let's kind of just get started, kind of get a little background about you. When were you first elected to the Arlington County Board, and what made you decide to run for the office? I was first elected in 2018, and um, a couple of key issues really prompted me to run. One was education. Um, Our schools were uh, reaching capacity in a lot of places, and I wanted to make sure that we built the additional seats that we needed um, to make sure that we could educate every child. And a second was housing. which uh, I have worked on through a number of organizations, including Habitat for Humanity, and um, making sure that we had affordable housing as well as attainable housing for those um, across our community so that folks can build their families and also so often age in place. So those are the two drivers um, that led me to run for the board. And are you now, as a county board member, are you on specific committees that deal with uh, housing uh, issues as well? Yes, we have a system where we have liaisons for the board who kind of lead up our interaction and our work with um, commissions. And so I am the housing commission liaison and I am the tenant landlord commission liaison. And so those are key areas that uh, I've been working on. All five of us um, interact with each of our commissions and review materials. We get reports from each commission, but there is a degree to which we appoint a liaison each year and it can change year to year. And so I am working with those two uh, commissions that, of course, are integrally involved 
with housing. Well, I wanted to move on to our topic today. Obviously, this program is older adults or aging matters. And so we want to talk about the older population in Arlington. And of course, they, according to the U.S. Census data, which came out a few years ago, it reveals that there have been significant changes for the older adult population in Arlington. Talk about these changes, Matt. Which of these changes are the most noteworthy for the future? Well, I think there are two big picture changes that I want to highlight. One is, if you look at Arlington's population in 2010 and compare it to where it was in the most recent census in 2020, the share of um, older adults has gone from 10.3% to 11.6%. And that is part of a trend um, that has been happening for some time, but uh, will continue uh, according to all projections. And so those 60 and above in Arlington are an increasing share of our overall population. So that's one big trend um, that we think all demographers that I know of think that that will continue through 2030 and 2040. Um, So our share of our population that is older adults is growing. It's also particularly the case that those over 80 and over 85, the percentage of our population that are over those two uh, numbers, has increased as well. And uh, projection is that by 2040, uh, there'd be a 28% increase uh, to 30,000 individuals that are over 85. So those present uh, opportunities for the county to better serve uh, all of our residents and our older adults. And uh, we have to be thinking of those census, um, the data points, Uh, as we work on policies to make sure that we value every person in Arlington. And to that point then, what I'm hearing you say that there are certain needs of this older adult population in Arlington. Talk about what those needs are. What are the areas that when you and your colleagues talk about older adults, what are the major issues that... uh, that you are focusing on? Well, there's, a, there's several. Um, and in this moment, uh, I'm particularly mindful of um, inclusion and social connectivity, uh, for which all of us need so much after COVID. Um, and as we have shifted to um, still there are challenges that COVID presents, but there are also we're getting together socially Uh, much more now than we did uh, a year ago and two years ago. So uh, connectivity and and inclusion and opportunities to um, engage with others is a, and social inclusion is a big issue that we think about and uh, we want to work on. There's also housing, uh, as I alluded to. Um, It's a big issue as you transition. There are some, the evidence is fairly overwhelming that all of us want to age in our community and most of us want to age in our current home. Um, But there are instances where you need uh, to be on one floor um, for, you know, if you have trouble with stairs or um, 
there are some older adults I've talked with who have taken care of a yard for a long time, and they're okay with not taking care of a yard anymore. So um, housing uh, that is that works for individuals is another key issue. And then transportation um, is very important. Um, there's one uh, gentleman that I talked with. He um, was able to, he, he really wanted to live in a place that was accessible to the metro. So the Jefferson was a, was a good fit for him. So um, transportation is a third issue. And then there's also for some of our older adults, about 13% of our older adults um, face challenges with hunger. And so um, food security and hunger is, a, is sort of a fourth key issue that I think about as we seek to serve and help our older adults thrive. I'm also wondering, Matt, if you could just briefly speak about the full continuum of care. I often wonder, again, as you're talking about as individuals get older, you know, if they want to stay in Arlington, trying to find uh, a place where there is an opportunity for getting assistance with care. Are there many places in Arlington that provide that information? Or I mean, not information, but, but services? Well, there are some. We do um, have a pretty strong, pretty good need in this area. We need to do more. Um, but there are just a few um, places that I think are worth highlighting and sharing. There's um, the Jefferson, as I mentioned, which is um, uh, a continuum of care facility. Sort of many people want to live independently in one uh, part of a facility, and then as they have addition, may have additional uh, needs and health needs, they would want to stay in that same uh, location. And so, those facilities are called continuing care retirement communities. And the Jefferson is one. There's one just outside of Arlington, at Godwin House, um, which is good that it's close to our community, but. I would love it if it, I would prefer if it were here in Arlington, actually within Arlington County's boundaries. And we have a need for an additional facility of that sort. Um, there is um, such safety and strength as you um, get the chance to live in a, uh, a place, a condo that's on one floor, and then you know that you can stay there if and as you have additional needs over uh, over time. And so that's something we need to do. There are two uh, other types of, two or three other types of facilities that I think are worth mentioning. There is uh, the Mary Marshall Home, which is seeks to serve um, uh, older adults with um, that are low income and often uh, facing um, disabilities when they enter the facility. And so that is a, a very important facility there's also uh, Culpeper Gardens, which is really focused on our lower income um, older adults. And so those help. There's also um, for hospice type care, there's the private provider um, Sunrise um, uh, communities. Uh, but there's a great need for additional housing units, both in that continuum of care and affordable, as well as um market rate affordable that are within reach for, for many of us. Um, there's a, a big need for additional housing 
that serves our oldest, our older adults, and in particular, some of our oldest adults over 85. We'll be getting more into those uh, issues uh, in, a, in a moment, but one question that I have for you, Matt, is as a county board member, how, how do you learn about these concerns from older adults in the community? What, what are the ways that uh, they reach you? Well, there's a number of ways. Um, the first, I just want to be uh, to offer an invitation, and I'll provide more information. But if you want to have a phone call or uh, a Zoom, um, or if you want to meet for coffee, uh, I do make myself accessible. And I think that's very important um, as um, all of us want to be connected and really understand and, and uh, be valued in the community. So I'll meet with um, uh, folks individually. Another way that I engage is through civic associations. So through your neighborhood, I will come and take questions and provide an update as will any of our board members. And so that is a great way that we can engage. Um, the Commission on Aging uh, shares information and reports, and I also uh, know well several of the members of the Commission on Aging. So that's another way in which I um, listen and engage and hear about the concerns that, are, um, that come up. Uh, I have a group actually of um, informal advisors that I talk with um, about every two to three weeks. Um, and a significant majority of that group are older adults. So that's another way I hear about um, issues that come up. There's also Open Door Mondays, which um, you can come and there's one board member that is available um, every week that we are um, in session that's not August, essentially. Um, and so that's another way I hear of issues and concerns um, that are important to people. And uh, I also do walk um, neighborhoods as part of, um, I try to walk through neighborhoods and, and hear concerns by actually being present uh, in neighborhoods as well. Those are all ways in which I learn and hear concerns from all all of our community, but in particular, older adults. And I would just interject here that since I'm a member of the Commission on Aging, I very much appreciate the input um, from you and your colleagues to and, and the opportunity to share with you what we learn regarding the, the needs of older adults in Arlington. So to that point, as you listen to the various various civic associations and the constituents. What have you found or heard as as these older adults retire? And of course, that's at a different age, depending on who the older adult is. Um, what do you think influences their choices about where to live in in Arlington or maybe not in Arlington? What do you hear? Well, I do hear from regularly that people want to stay in their homes uh, if possible and they very much want to stay in their community and um, staying in Arlington is a is what most older adults share with me they want th to be able to do that and um, I'll say that um, I have in my neighborhood um, 
a one of my neighbors um, very much wants to stay in her home, and so I've been available as a as a resource for her uh, as she needs help with her fence or um, her mowing her lawn. I don't mow her lawn regularly, but I do help out when I can. And so um, that's an example. Um, There's also, I mentioned the research. I worked in addition to Habitat for Humanity, I worked for an organization that some will know of that is now called Rebuilding Together and used to be called uh, Christmas in April. And um, the organization and set of nonprofits has roots in the D.C. area. And the mission is to help um, older adults stay in their homes by repairing homes for low-income homeowners and veterans. Um, And so through that work, I really became familiar with the overwhelming research that says uh, people want to stay in their homes as long as they can, uh, which is is absolutely makes common sense. And so um, that's another piece. I do also think it's important to recognize that um, when many uh, older adults are still working, I think one in four is the most recent uh, that I saw, but um, so that it can be a tie to Arlington um, as well. And uh, where your kids and grandkids are, um, if you have children and if you have grandchildren, can be huge. I know in the case of my parents, they have been torn they like to be near me, but their grandchildren in Boston are much more attractive than I am sometimes. And so um, that, that's another factor. I, I think that um, it's very helpful as well to ground ourselves in some of Arlington's sort of recent history and working on being an age-friendly community. As you know from your uh, time and your work on the uh, Commission on Aging, uh, 2018, we became an age-friendly community. We actually rank uh, quite high in terms of the livability index um, that is part of uh, of that work to be an age-friendly community. And then 2020, uh, we have uh, to 2023, but written in 2020, there was a action plan to for building an age-friendly community, which was presented to the board, and we had a number of questions. So that also touched, tried to get granular and touch on um, what, where, what people want to do as they retire and where they want to live and the key needs and issues that are most important to older adults. And to that point, Matt, I would add that it, it is interesting that in connection with the age-friendly Arlington plan, and of course, there's been research that's been uh, conducted by Arlington County and George Mason University. All of these various resources indicate that Arlington's greatest need uh, for housing is for our growing older adult population, including those who are over 80. And I think this is a really significant point that we keep talking about affordable housing, affordable housing. We're so good on everything else, but affordable housing is really the the major issue. So that said, what what is your plan? What is the county's plan to meet these needs, taking into account, of course, the the income restrictions 
that often go along with people who are now retired, they're on a fixed income, and the increase in one-person households uh, among people in their 80s. What would you tell us? Well, we have um, a couple of different ways in which we're trying to meet those needs. Um, there's one neighborhood um, that is, um, there's an interest from Sunrise Community. That's a, a specific piece. Um, there's a need countywide to allow for thoughtful additional supply of homes that serve older adults. And that ranges from um, affordable housing that would be available for those earning less than $60,000 a year. That is a need. Um, we are a very affluent community as a whole, but we do have 6% of our uh, residents as a whole um, live below the poverty line. And um, those who are above the poverty line, but on a fixed income and up to, for a one person household up to sixty dollars or $80,000 a year in income, we need to allow for additional supply. And so um, the one way in which we're seeking to do that is to continue um, to allow for uh, housing that is affordable and supply along the transportation corridors, Roslyn to Boston, also uh, Crystal City, and then along Columbia Pike. And there is another um, corridor that there's a plan to allow for additional uh, senior housing, uh, older adults housing, and that is the Langston Boulevard plan. And so that's all of those ways in which we would allow for additional housing really can help older adults as a whole. And for those in their 80s, um, many are one-person households at that point. And those transportation corridors are really um, well-suited to the one-bedroom, one-bath or the two-bedroom, two-bath type units. So that's a part of our plan. I think our listeners would have questions about, do we have the infrastructure to meet those needs? And the answer to that is yes, and we will have to continue to plan for that infrastructure. So we have a capital improvement plan that plans our capital investments in things like stormwater, water and wastewater, um, that sort of thing. We have a plan for that. Um, and we will also have to update it as um, we grow thoughtfully as a community. Um, so that's uh, sort of how we're trying to meet things as a whole. And in particular, I think it can be helpful for those uh, who are in their 80s where we need, where often uh, two bedroom or one bedroom uh, can be helpful, uh, even as there are those um, in their 80s who, would pr who prefer to stay living in their um, condo, townhome, or single-family detached home. So we've got a lot of different ways we need to work on this. Um, for me, there's some steps that I think are particularly cr critical that I think the board needs to be working on. And one is, I mentioned earlier, the continuum of care uh, facilities. That's something we really need to think strategically about. 
and uh, be looking for opportunities to incentivize such a facility um, and uh, help make room uh, f so that we value every one of our residents. Um, so that's, that's the approach we're taking, and there's certainly much more work we need to do. And we're going to talk more about that in the second half of this interview. But we need to take a short break right now. If you tuned in late, we're talking with Matt DeFerranti, an attorney and member of the Arlington County Board. And you are listening to WERA Arlington 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs. back. We're talking with Matt DeFerranti, uh, who is an attorney, and he's also a member of the Arlington County Board. And Matt, we've kind of gotten into the discussion already about housing. And um, so now we want to get more specific because uh, it is an issue that is on the minds of Arlington residents, and that is the missing middle housing study. Talk about that. What what do you think the effect of this study and the policies that are incorporated into it, what would the impact be um, on older adults in Arlington County? Well, I think that the impact um, would be more gradual than the debate to this point has uh, led many to believe. But I do think over time, this can add to the supply of housing that is two, three, and four bedrooms. Um, I would really emphasize for older adults, three bedrooms or two can often be ideal for downsizing from a single family home. Um, so that's, I think over time it would reduce the increase in the cost of housing for those units that are three bedrooms and two bedrooms. That can have some beneficial impact for the chances that your children, or for older adults, often your grandchildren, have a chance to live in Arlington. I believe over the last 15 years, many of us who own single family homes have seen our home's value skyrocket. Um, and that is good in the sense that you now have an asset that is worth more, but hard in the sense that it makes it more difficult for your children or grandchildren to be able to buy here. And I also should acknowledge that for some, even if your home is worth 200000 100000 more than it used to be worth, even if our Arlington County taxes, our rates are low, um, there's a, the burden of a higher home assessment can lead you to need to be paying more uh, in total taxes. And that is uh, a challenge um, that folks are facing. 
So to get a little bit clearer on what missing middle stands for, I think the phrase can really reasonably be interpreted two ways. And the county and I are really focused on one of those two ways. The two ways it's a type of housing, missing middle housing types are duplexes and triplexes, townhomes, small garden style apartments um, that are four units. Um, and, and it's also referred to larger units. And I'll come back to that. You could also interpret missing middle to refer to um, missing middle income. Um, and uh, I believe that if we have additional supply of duplexes and smaller homes that are three bedroom, two, three, and four bedroom, um, that will slow the rate of increase in um, the cost of housing. If we do nothing, uh, if we just keep our current policies, I think the last 15 years shows that the next 15 years, our homes will be so expensive that only the very wealthy and not in many cases uh, our children and grandchildren will be able to afford to live here. So that's why for me, the status quo won't work. Um, and we need to allow for some additional small changes that keep the texture of our neighborhoods, um, but make it possible for more uh, older adults to downsize affordably and young families um, to stay and buy a uh, part of a duplex or a triplex. Um, so that's um, the big picture. Um, but I want to return to where I started on your question. The effect of missing middle housing um, if you own a home, you do not have to sell, and the county will not be building um, homes. This is meant to allow for type, the private sector, and uh, there are reasonable concerns there because this is the private sector, but this is meant to allow for um, a small amounts of additional density um, over a 10 to 30 year period. So I hope that's a start and an answer to your question. That's very helpful. And as a part of this whole process, explain to us about zoning ordinances. I think sometimes people don't under exactly understand that. And again, since our focus here is on older adults, is would there be an impact for older adults of changes in the zoning ordinances in Arlington County for higher density. What is that and what would that look like? Sure. So zoning policies arose in the 1930s um, and it's a way for planning a community. Um, and um, the zoning that we have in Arlington, if you think about the tall buildings in Boston um, and along the Roslyn-Boston corridor, the, there's a different zoning uh, language and, and different zoning designation that applies to those buildings. They're allowed to be commercial um, in the corridors, sometimes residential. There's also zoning that governs how much 
how tall those buildings can be and what type of uses are allowed. And for about 70 plus percent of our land, uh, there is a single family zoning designation. That means you can build a large home, but you cannot build currently uh, to allow for two housing units in the same size as that large home. A simple way that people refer to this is um, McMansions, and many have shared concerns about uh, really large homes um, that are built right up to the allowable space. Um, so what we are thinking of doing is, and what I am really focused on doing, is allowing on our largest lots um, some additional density. I don't support what's called eight plexes. I think that allowing eight housing units, even on our largest lots, the benefits are not worth the costs in terms of um, the the parking that would be needed and the logistics uh, involved in allowing for that. I don't support that. But I do think that in order to help more older adults downsize and address some of the housing supply shortage that we have for both for older adults, um, we should allow, if you think of Fairlington, for example, that is missing middle housing. And uh, one of one Fairlington neighbor I met, she said, um, I loved owning a single family home. I got tired of um, keeping the yard up. And now I live in a two bedroom here in Fairlington. And I think we need more of that type of home. We have some, uh, but we need more of that type of home to help address some of the demographic shifts that we talked about earlier today. So um, the impact for older adults, uh, for the changes in the zoning ordinance, really depends on the specifics of what we put forward. Um, I think we do need some additional supply of those um, uh, places where folks can move to if, they're, if they no longer want to live in their single-family home. But I met one wonderful uh, older adult who shared her concerns. She is now a widow, and she um, loves hosting her children and grandchildren. She has a larger home. It's, I think, five uh, bedrooms in total. For her, um, this there's nothing that would require her to do anything else except, except stay living in her home. She does have to pay real estate taxes um, and would have to, but she would be able to stay in her home. We do have a real estate tax relief program. I don't think it would apply to this woman that I spoke with, but it would apply to those in need who may own their home outright, but not be able to pay real estate taxes if they're in need. And that is a program that um, is very important and I think would make would continue to be important uh, as we go forward. So um, in many neighborhoods, uh, missing middle would result in only, the estimates are, this would result in only about countywide about 20 
um, missing middle type units a year, which is about 110 people. Um, and that's because most of my neighbors, I live in a single family neighborhood, most of my neighbors want to stay in their homes. And so your neighbors probably aren't going to sell or move. Some might, but most will probably stay in their homes. So I think it's important to remember that the impact would be gradual over time, um, but it would also seek to allow for additional types of homes where older adults could downsize. Uh, if you think of a townhome or a duplex, um, the, some of the upkeep requirements are decreased um, when, you, um, when you have that type of house instead of a standalone single-family home. So that's a sort of a big picture of the impact um, in answer to your question. Well, and it's kind of a sub-question because sometimes you hear um, or we've heard as this discussion has continued, people talk about parking and tree canopy. Uh, we've heard those issues a lot. Again, in terms of the what you're proposing, do you see that as an issue or, and how that would be addressed? What would you tell us? Parking and tree canopy are big issues that I um, recently did one of our 20 listening sessions on Missing Middle, and those uh, issues came up, um, and they have come up in most every conversation. I want to just clear up and provide a little bit of context uh, on parking to start. Um, part of why I do not support eight plexes is that I think the parking implications is a cost that would be too great in many cases. Um, I also, there are other reasons as well, um, but parking is something that the board actively took us a, a position on July 12th to direct our staff to come back with a more nuanced approach uh, to how we might handle parking. I think if the number of units is, is decreased, that can alleviate some of the parking concerns. But beyond that, um, there are streets where it's not they're too narrow, or they're one way, or they're cul-de-sacs. So even if you're really just talking about duplexes, triplexes, and four unit buildings on the largest, the very largest lots, and that's what I'm focused on, um, we still need a much more nuanced approach. So staff, we've directed staff to come back to us with a more thoughtful approach to how we address parking. And that really is in response to many of the concerns that residents have raised. With respect to tree canopy, at that July 12th work session, we also um, asked our staff to come back to us with thoughts about how to address tree canopy. This is a difficult issue because Arlington does not have all the authority, legal authority that we want to regulate tree canopy um, on single family home lots or on uh, duplex, triplex, uh, or more. We don't have the legal authority because the state of Virginia has said, you know, for example, that you, if you buy a piece of land, you can clear cut it of every tree. Um, what we would be able to do would be to incentivize the saving or planting of trees. Um, saving trees being much more important than planting them because 
a mature tree does a lot for oxygen and our environment, whereas a sapling is just starting and does far less. So we need our tools here. We're going to have to use incentives. And there are some real challenges. Um, we lose, we get about 170 small homes that are knocked down every year and replaced with large McMansion t- style homes. Um, those, that's a cost to our tree canopy. But if we replace some of those with duplexes that fit in the same height uh, and same width and same front and rear yard setbacks, then um, there could be some costs on tree canopy. But the benefits to the environment in terms of having more of our firefighters, police officers, teachers, and uh, living in our community as opposed to commuting from Prince William or other counties um, would, would be strong as far as the overall climate impact. Um, we're going to keep lobbying as Arlington County to change state law to make it better. And I am very frustrated we haven't been able to, to um, achieve some key changes on tree canopy that we would like. Um, but in the meantime, as we address tree canopy in this uh, proposal, we're really going to have to do some more thinking about incentives uh, to work on um, retaining as much tree canopy as, as possible. I've worked on this. Uh, we need it. I secured 100000 in funding uh, early um, this over the past six months for a tree canopy study. We also know that uh, tree canopy, we need to do that study. And we also know that um, tree canopy is worst often in our lowest income neighborhoods. And so we are talking uh, with several leaders uh, including EcoAction Arlington, about a tree equity funding in addition to our uh, tree fund, which any resident every year can get access to a tree uh, and a tree um, brought to their uh, property to, to, to plant uh, if they request. So it's a, there's a lot to um, that part of it. And we are working both on tree canopy and on parking as we try to think through how to make... Um, housing more attainable for um, our older adults who want to downsize as well as uh, our young families should they want to uh, stay in Arlington or come to Arlington. Well, and and thank you for that that response. And I also wanted to focus on the housing stock as well in in Arlington. Um, You've mentioned and we are aware of many studies that indicate that older adults most older adults prefer to age in place, yet oftentimes the the older housing stock that we find in Arlington County isn't necessarily too accommodating. Is it possible to have the so-called universal design be the norm for all new developments in the county? What would you tell us? It is already an incentive in our green building policy, um, but it is not currently legally permissible to require by law that new that all new home housing is built to universal de- design and I think it's important here to um, 
think about universal design both in terms of our um, taller buildings, which are in the core in the transportation corridors, and in terms of our um, privately um, what's called by right homes that are built in neighborhoods. Um, we we just aren't quite yet at a place I support uh, making universal design a requirement, as do others on the board. Um, but we're not in a place where we can legally uh, require it under Virginia law, and this is a source of frustration where I think it's important to acknowledge that um, that there needs to be change, and um, um, that is going to require um, progress in terms of commitment to universal, universal design by both uh, of our, our political parties. And so um, that's not something we can currently require, but we do provide a big incentive. So if, if someone comes to us and wants to build a building, um, you know, in Clarendon, say next to the, to the Whole Foods where there's a parking lot, we're going to want to, if they have a desire for additional um, density, we always require um, community benefits like a park or park space and affordable housing. And we also, um, universal design is an incentive that uh, sometimes can also be required as a um, means for a request for modest increases in height to that building uh, in that example. So we're not there yet. We all want to be there um, and uh, stay tuned. It will take some time, but we're going to have to build a coalition that um, allows this to be required because it's the right policy for us. One more question yet about the the missing middle housing policies. Do you think that there's any threat that implementation of these policies within this missing middle housing proposal will displace older adults who who do own their own homes? I think that the I, I think there's very little risk of that. I can't say there's zero risk of that, but I think there's very little risk of that. Um, because um, of the real estate tax relief program that I mentioned. Um, it's a challenging uh, question. There are um, many uh, older adults who I've talked with who have shared that, that uh, they're concerned about this. Um, of course, our lowest income older adults um, often face challenges. I mentioned that we don't have the supply of of um, units that we we need, but if you if and as you own your own home, that's an asset that's worth quite a bit, and we do have the real estate tax relief program to help. Some older adults have shared who are homeowners have shared with me that they're worried that real estate taxes will um, will quickly increase and skyrocket. Um, I don't believe that that will occur. We have a consultant's analysis that um, seeks to look at the economic factors involved. Um, to be honest and clear, this past year, we, we all saw an increase in our net um, real estate tax bills. And part of that, most of it, um, was linked to a policy decision 
to provide significant additional um, salaries for our teachers and our police officers in particular, but also all of our public servants. Uh, after two plus years of basically flat salaries, um, we felt and I felt that it was important to really value uh, our public servants, including our public health uh, professionals, as well as the others I mentioned. And so um, that is big picture. Um, we are going to need to adjust to our office market because Arlington has been able to keep our rates and they're still amongst the lowest in Northern Virginia. We've been able to keep our rates low and in the coming years, if we have that economic growth, not population growth, but economic growth, we will be able to keep our tax rates low and I hope um, modestly uh, decrease them to address um, the challenges that we face. But um, the displacement concern, I absolutely understand um, individuals' anxieties there. I don't think this is going to result in um, the rapid, rapid increase in um, in the value of homes and thus the challenges for displacement. And I do think both the real estate tax relief program will also be of help. And um, we have a history in Arlington of really focusing on preventing displacement. Um, and so I think we will be able to do that. Um, and I'm confident of it. I don't, um, I do understand that there's some uh, for whom the, the cost of living on a fixed uh, income salary from the federal government or elsewhere, things get have, have gotten tighter uh, for some and the, the increases in inflation are a fair concern. But I don't think missing middle is going to be uh, as uh, defining as, as some in the community as far as uh, inflate, inflation in real estate tax net uh, payments. Um, so we're going to try and be careful with that. And tweaking the real estate tax relief program is certainly something that I would consider uh, depending on, on how we implement this. And we're going to have to be very thorough about having a dashboard that measures all of this. One um, proposal, I'll mention two proposals just for listeners to give a sense. I believe that we should um, tailor or tier our missing middle proposal so that the largest lots might have four um, in the same size, not any taller than a single family home that would be allowed on the largest lots, like 15 or 18,000 square feet. Four could be permissible there, but for the, mo for the large majority, 90% of single family homes I would be inclined to tailor the policy to be duplexes and triplexes. And I think those older adults that I engage with, if it's a duplex, they feel more less anxious about it. And they can see how that might be helpful so that their children or grandchildren or their neighbor's children or grandchildren could live in Arlington. So that's one approach to implement this thoughtfully. And a second that we're actively considering is putting a cap countywide on the overall number of um, places where missing middle housing would be allowed. 
And I mentioned that the estimate is 20 a year. Um, there's We have some real openness uh, to making sure that we, we cap it there so that um, some of the concerns that um, many have can be better addressed. So that was a little long answer, but I hope it gives real context uh, that can help the listeners. Well, we're just about out of time, Matt. And so I wanted you, because you have said so many things today, which I think are of interest to older adults, I want to make sure that they have an opportunity to contact you about these issues or any other kinds of issues that might be of concern. So if listeners hearing the program today want to contact you about their concerns, what's the best way to do so? Sure. Thanks for asking the question. I'm happy to be in touch and available to talk with uh, listeners. There's two ways in which you can reach me. Um, One is via email, and that is M as in Matt, um, and then my last name, DeFerranti, D-E-F-E-R-R-A-N-T-I, at arlingtonva.us. That's mdferranti at arlingtonva.us. That's one way you can reach me. Another way is if you, if on my, this is my work cell phone, so you might have to leave a message, but you can call me at 703-819-7180. That's 703-819-7180. That's a second way you can reach me. Email is a little bit easier so that we can schedule a conversation, um, but I want to be accessible and available uh, should any anyone have any questions as each of your concerns and thoughts, as with every Arlington resident, uh, matter to me and to the board. All right. Well, I want to thank Matt DeFerranti, member of the Arlington County Board, for joining me today. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Cheryl. Great to be with you. So if you want to learn about Aging Matters, you can also visit our website, which is agingmattersonline.com. And of course, at this site, you can access our radio and TV show content in addition to uh, logging on to the podcasts on Apple and Spotify. So be sure and do that. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media, and you can learn more about that company at inkmouthmedia.com. So thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. 